Thank you. It's a beautiful day here. I'm feeling mighty fine today. <laughs> is it warm or why is it beautiful? The sun is shining and it's springtime. So there's green grass coming up and springtime flowers are starting to bloom. And that's, nice. it's very, uh, it's always an exciting time of year to me. I enjoy it. I guess so. Yeah. Do you like the springtime? Uh, definitely, definitely. So now it's working. <laughs> uh, I, but I love most, I love the summer. Girl. So I really love it when it's, when it's really warm and when the sun is out there and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Hot weather. Is your, the climate where you're at, is it, is it, does it get really hot in the summertime? Uh, it can get up uh, until about 40 degrees, which is kind of, for the most German people, it's too warm. Okay. For me as a half Greek, I'm fine with it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we also have cold winters, so we have the whole range of it. So that's, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm yeah. excited to be able to have a conversation today and to be recording live for the Soul Path, uh, Soul Path podcast and talking about human potential and the spiritual journey. So yeah, uh, I like to just kick off and open up with kind of a fun icebreaker. Life is, people are, I am, right? Just finish those sentences as fast as you can without even thinking about it. Set, go. Life is, people are, I am. Life is beautiful, beautiful. Uh, people are loving, and I am Veronica. And I am Veronica. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Awesome, Veronica. Well, I am honored to be here with you. So you've had uh, a pretty incredible journey in your own spiritual journey. Can you share a little bit about that? Uh, you know, kind of where you, where would you say your spiritual journey began and kind of how you got to where you're at? Uh, honestly speaking, I would say that my spiritual journey began when I was a small child. I was about, I don't know, two or three. And I was like uh, going people out of the way. So we were walking in the park with my family. My mom always reminds me of this story. We were walking in a park and there were some gardeners up there. And I was just putting my head down and then going uh, in a big circle around these people. So I... I really feel that I have been feeling what others are to me or feeling their resonance or feeling their frequency from a very small beginning. But of course, with a school and education and stuff like that, that went away. You know, it wasn't, it didn't went away, but it was cut it off. Like it was, ah, oh, it's Veronica talking about that crazy stuff and seeing things and she has deja vus and she's kind of crazy. She's the nerd. She's the weirdo. And so I, I lost trust in it, mm. honestly speaking. I lost trust. I thought, okay, others are right. Uh, they, know, they know better than me because they are adults. They are teachers, whatever. Um, and so I thought they know it better. And my real spiritual journey began again in about 2015 when I had a crisis with my ex-husband. Okay. Well, let's, let's pause. Like, I'm really curious. It sounds like you were born with 
kind of a natural sensitivity and you were picking up on things, you know, likely you're picking up on the vibrational frequency of people, uh, potentially auras, you know, you're feeling, you're sensing very much what's going on and that, and yet socially, you know, people are conditioned to kind of dismiss it and oh, silly kids, you know, making things up, oh, the imagination. And, and yet you knew that it was true. And then it's like you said, you had to just kind of dismiss it or, or not trust it. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So during the period of not trusting, was it the kind of thing where you were still sensing or you were still having experiences throughout your life or were you just kind of trying to uh, shut it out? I had experiences in my life since ever, I think. So like kind of deja vu's never stopped. I sometimes foresee the future. So not really know, you know, I can't tell the lottery <laughs> numbers, uh, but I see for, I foresee the future for like, for example, a friend of mine, she told me last year in uh, September that she's pregnant. And I, and I had seen this already in, I don't know, July or something and wrote down because I thought, okay, that's something I want to prove. I wrote it down in July in my journal. And I mentioned there in July that she will tell me between September and December. And she told me in September. So crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Others yeah. would say crazy stuff. For me, that's normal, you know? Yeah. And in the time when I felt like being cut off, I was like, I really felt cut off. So I cut it off myself. So I was not really myself anymore. I was trying to please others. I was trying to be the best at school. I was trying to be the best in sports. Um, I did everything to get a little bit, um, yeah, love, respect, whatever you're looking for um, in that time, because that was uh, during my teenager time up to the mid of my 20s. So let's say between 15 and the end of 20. And that's a time where you want to, you want to be part of a group. You don't want to be the weirdo. So I did things. I wouldn't say I didn't like them, but um, if I would have lived myself, I would not, not have done these. You know, I was really, since I can think about, I am doing sports. And it was always doing sports uh, with being, being a champion in any way. You know, not just doing sports because I like sports, which is the thing now. But uh, in my former times, it was really like, I want to be the part in the rowing team because we go to this uh uh, this match, this championship, and we're going to win it. I was playing rugby because I knew that this team was really good and we made it to the German championships and I participated in the national team and was playing internationally and, and stuff like that, you know? That it was funny. like, I wanted that others can see me because I felt not seen with my gifts that I had. Almost like having been, you know, those gifts been rejected early in life, then you were out seeking that approval, like to prove yourself, look, I have so much to offer. I'm, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a competitive athlete. I'm a champion. I'm going to push hard and do my very best in everything. Look it, you know, and it's to create that street cred, they call it, or social credibility or and that acceptance, right? We're looking for mm-hmm. that acceptance. And, yeah. and yet some part of you was not yet accepted or being accepted, right? You hadn't, uh, you had not yet reclaimed that and, and stood with that strength, with that gift. Is that kind of where you were at in the twenties timeframe? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was struggling with that. I felt that there's something, but I said, okay, no one is looking at it. So it can't be true. And I don't want to be uh, the one that is out of the group. So I do anything that needs to be done to be accepted anyway. Yeah. yeah. And it also had to do with my uh, parents, of course, because my, although my dad was Greek and uh, I would say Greeks are spiritual people <laughs> because they believe in different things and stuff like that. And he brought me up like this, like there is something in between heaven and earth that we can't understand. Mm. But when he saw me, experience things like that he was like you're crazy he, <laughs> he always did that oh yeah <laughs> that's that that's the greek symbol for you're crazy yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so it just like he couldn't accept it he could it didn't make sense yeah. to him he had no framework or way of making sense in his belief system or his spiritual framework and so it was just like psh, you're crazy. That doesn't exist. I don't understand it. And so that I'm sure just caused you coming from your father. I would imagine that just caused you to totally shut down. Right. And yeah. Yeah. But even in trying to shut down, even trying to stuff it, even in trying to do these other things to, to create that sense of acceptance, it still kept coming up for you. Like you kept experiencing the, the insight, you know, the intuition, yeah. that, that sensitivity, right. Yeah. yeah, the intuition was always there. And uh, even when I denied it, <laughs> I, had an, uh, I had an experience. I was married for about, uh, 10, for about six years and was together with the guy for about 10 years. And shortly, when we had arranged everything for the wedding, so we, we uh, got married in Crete, in Greece, and we had booked all the flights, planned all the party and everything. I had a feeling like, is this the guy that I really want to marry? Mm. I said, no, that's normal nervousness before the marriage and stuff like that. That couldn't be my intuition. (laughs) I said, that couldn't be my intuition. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, and after we had split up, I have been on a workshop where we had uh, contacts with Uh, people that have passed away already and then a friend of mine who died very early in my life uh, he came up and said you always had your intuition I said no it was not there and I was like kind of fighting with him and he said it was there and you recognized it but you didn't listen and I said what do you mean and I wanted to have something and he told me exactly about that situation I said okay I will listen (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. So it was there always. Yeah, I I believe that 100%. The 
you know, I feel like, and the way I say it to people a lot of times, life is talking to us all the time, right? So uh, if I am tuning inward and listening, not just into the the mind chatter, you know, all the mm-hmm. ta, 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 my mind talking, 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 but beneath that, more subtle than that, to be able to be sensitive to and tuned into the, uh, I mean, really, it's the signals of the universe, right? So it's it's life talking to me, and sometimes it comes in forms of dreams, daydreams, visions, words, uh, you know, a hunch, a nudge, go do this, go talk to that person. Sometimes it's something that's totally random and inexplicable, and yet I see it and immediately, bing, that's it. Everything is connected. You know, it all is all the time connected, right? We're yeah. intimately and intricately woven together all the time. And if we if we learn how to uh, fine tune that connection so that we stay attuned to the higher frequencies, I would say, then we have uh, a more enriched spiritual experience. Um, but it's not. I would, so also, mm-hmm. I would also say we have a more enriched uh, life anyway. Mm-hmm. Things are going, are flowing. Like it's what everyone is looking for is being in that state of flow. And if people ask me when they, when they are in a coaching with me, what can I do to be in the flow? I always say, get connected to yourself. So for me, that's the most important thing. Get back to yourself, live yourself, speak your truth, and then everything will, everything will come. Yeah. It's as easy as said. Yes. And that's it crazy, I think. It is. So much is just getting out of the way, right? You know, allowing mm-hmm. allowing life to flow, letting yeah. go and not gripping expectations and, and this and that. So I like to think of life as a spiritual journey. And I, I like to say that the highest priority is the spiritual priority because, you know, for example, no amount of money can fill the void of purpose. You know, we can achieve all of these things. You could be a, a, a phenomenal athlete Uh, achieve championships and trophies and and yet if you're not happy inside you have nothing and same you know same with family same with business and finance we can be so successful on the outside but still be so lost and empty on the inside and so if we don't flip that priority and and really prioritize connecting the head with the heart which is i say It's that uh, seemingly infinite distance, that trek between the head and the heart. But there is a path, you know, there's a there's a process by which, you know, as uh, being human beings, you know, it's tried and true. There's a lot of different lineages, uh, a lot of different, you know, techniques for people Mm -hmm. to explore spirituality. But the fact that they do, that's kind of the most important thing, in my opinion. So. My question would be then, you know, how how do you describe the spiritual journey? You know, how do you describe that that aspect of personal exploration? The first thing that comes up is, is it's an up and down. <laughs> it's not like going up like this. It's going up and it's going down. And I think that's normal. Yes. And that and it's okay. And I think one thing is really to trust that this is okay and it does not have to go up like this to be that good spiritual journey, to be awakened, to be whatever you want to be. Um, I would describe it as a process because generally people start, and I also started with small things. So I felt the connection. I felt it anyway. I always had that intuition. 
And then I started like doing meditations. And first they were guided meditations. Today, if I hear a guided meditation, it must be really from someone with a really high frequency that I feel connected to it. If it's from someone that I, that I listened years ago, I can't listen to it anymore. So it's a journey. You, you, get more, uh, you get more connected to what your own frequency is and you feel more about other frequencies. And it could be that you have been working together with people some years or months ago and then you have been exploring your own spiritual journey and have been making uh, steps on that way and then you can't work with them anymore. You can't even speak with them anymore. And I would say it's a mixture. I think everyone has to find his own spiritual journey. So for me, it's all about being connected. And being connected first means being connected to myself. Mm. If I'm not connected with myself, I cannot be connected to whatever I think there is. The field, the quantum field, the morphic field, the universe, what, however you call it. Yeah. And um, yeah, for me, it's being, being more aware of myself. Yeah. Getting more connected to my body. That's, for me, that's the first step to, yeah, also to reveal your powers that you have and to reveal uh, the potential that you have and that you should live and bring to earth anyway. <laughs> Yes, this is the gift that we're born bearing. It's, it, I believe it's embedded in our DNA. You know, the, the infinite wisdom that is manifesting as us has so much potential. Our, we're mentally blinded to that until we go through the process, take that spiritual journey, connect, awaken to, their, to our inner awareness, right? And I, I see it kind of as a process of integrating our whole self, mind, body, soul. I thought it was really... Uh, keen insight for when you said that you know reconnecting with the body and it's it's something uh talking with clients about you know they want to feel more connected we're all born i believe you know we, we crave connection we we need to connect with other people we need to connect with something bigger than ourselves so a tribe yeah. a community and then we want to connect with kind of the, the the biggest idea that we have our god concept i like to say good old divinity god g-o-d uh it's, it's the essence of life itself, the eternal enigma, the great mystery of life. It's, it's the biggest idea that anybody can have, right? So that personal big idea, we need to connect with that, with life. And it's, uh, and how becomes tricky because, because of the conditioning, because of all the, you know, we're connecting with an idea at that level. What I like to do is take people through a process of connecting with the body, right? So the spiritual experience can be uh, very visceral, very somatic. And to the, to the degree that we are not connected with our body, with our breath, with our own heartbeat, you know, mm -hmm. the idea of having some divine connection with life is, it's not a lost cause, but it's, it's just a nice idea. You know, achieving enlightenment, you know, waking up and being woke, all of that, like I'm going to get to that point and now I'm going to be at this high vibe for the rest of my life. That's not really how it goes because we're always embodied in the physical body, which means we're subject to uh, physiological shifts in our state of emotion. We can be aware of that. We can regulate that, you know, all this kind of stuff, but it all roots down into 
awareness, spiritual awareness, self-awareness. And the body, I, uh, the last podcast I did was actually talking about the physical body as a doorway to spiritual experience. You know, that's where the connection comes. Can we feel the air on our skin? Can we feel the, the circulation through our body of blood, of breath, of subtle energy? And the fact is that we can, uh, and, and many people can, not probably the majority cannot, but still many people have and do develop this gift and this capacity. And anyway, I, another thing you said that I thought was really interesting was, you know, these, the, the ability to achieve uh, higher state, you know, greater perception, you know, people, I, I see a lot of interest out there in the world that talk about astral projection and, you know, ESP and this kind of stuff. And that's all, I believe, within the realm of possibility that we have latent potential in us to be heightened to that level of connection. However, you know, the, the idea of it is one thing, the reality of getting inside and doing the work so that we can kind of purge and clear out the junk, the clutter, the subconscious yeah. inertia, uh, the patterns that are that are causing blockages. Until we do that, you know, which is the spiritual journey in my mind. You know, until we take that that path, uh, you know, it's just an idea. <laughs> uh, true, and I think um, it's an idea that is very far away if you haven't experienced it. Yeah. So people can't imagine it. Me neither. I could not have thought about. Uh, speaking to my passed away dad it was like crazy until I experienced it yeah and until someone else told me about that friend that died very early and this person really talked about a situation that no one knows except the people that have been there we would it was a party situation when we have been about in the 20s you know and this was the point where I said okay It's possible. Mm -hmm. And also what you mentioned is like um, with the different techniques and stuff like that, I always, I sometimes feel like people are limiting themselves. And that's the reason why when people ask me, who do I, who do, whom I challenge, whom I channel when I do that, they ask me, whom did you have been connected to? And I said, it was the universe. <laughs> I don't want to limit myself just to one being speaking to this being. There are heaps of beings that want to communicate through me. So why should I only limit myself to speak to one person, to one being, if there are heaps of beings out there? Yeah. So, and I think for me, that's a limitation itself. And I think a lot of people struggle on their spiritual journey because they learn several things, they learn several techniques, but they don't practice them. They don't start practicing. They learn something, then they practice it sometimes, let's say two or three times. Then they read something, hear something, uh, experience anything else. and say, Ah, that's another practice I can go to. Mm -hmm. But they don't even come into this. You know, they are not, they don't begin to do things. They just wait that something is coming and is enlightening them or awakening them. But right. it's something that you have to do by your own. Yes. Yeah, it's not all, it's not 
taking in all this stuff. It's it's waking up and realizing that that's actually coming out of you. And so it's it's reflecting in the material world. We're, we're finding the resources, the connections of people, the experience that that um, that shows us what's real on the inside. Right. So we're we yeah. are experiencing this. Something I think is fascinating is how uh, in all the traditional lineages, uh, kind of traditional religious teachings and even the esoteric teachings, uh, all point toward higher human potential, uh, spiritual gifts, right? And so it's fascinating. They all have a little bit different labels, you know, a little bit different this and that, you know, definitely different teachings that are, you know, often incongruent and incompatible, yet they all speak to that potential to an awakened spiritual state wherein we have what amounts to spiritual gifts or superhuman powers, right? It seems like, how could somebody do that? And how can somebody be so in tuned to something that I've never experienced? You know, how could somebody see auras? How can somebody uh, channel, you know, how can somebody project? How can somebody have the gift of prophecy or the ability to see things in the future? How is that possible? Well, you know, I think that's where we have to kind of surrender the mind a little bit. It, when I talk about the eternal enigma or, or good old divinity, the essence of life, I believe that the great mystery of life, the spiritual journey that that is uh, that wants to be sought out, right? There's a curiosity that's pulling us in. We cannot comprehend. You know, we're human. We have a limited scope of experience. We have limited cognitive capacity. We can only crunch so much, you know, thinking things through. And so much of life experience just exceeds that, especially when it comes to divine experience, uh, spiritual experience, metaphysical experience, things that we can put labels to, we can share a story, we can try to explain it. But unless somebody else has had a similar or compatible experience, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to connect. And what is unfortunate, I believe, is in, in kind of spiritual discussion, as people talk about spiritual journey, you know, sp personal growth, spiritual growth, they get oftentimes caught up on the idea of what that's supposed to look like. And if your spiritual growth doesn't look like my spiritual growth, you know, yeah. then your spiritual growth is maybe not valid. And maybe the worst idea that I've ever heard is that, you know, you're being deceived and you're being, you know, you're being led astray. You're going down, you know, a path that's leading you into darkness. And I definitely believe that that exists. There is, you know, a path that leads to darkness, but it's not uh, honest and open, sincere spiritual seeking that does that. I think being playful, being curious, you know, allowing ourselves to experience things that we don't necessarily have the words for or the ability to make sense of, but learning to trust that, trust that, you know, the universe is conspiring to help us grow. <laughs> you know, we, we're not out here all alone floundering around, you know, we are, we are cradled by the grace of life, you know, the grace of God, uh, we're here for a purpose. You know, we are a manifestation of divine intent, in my opinion. You know, divine intention is a curious exploration of infinite potential. And what that means is that my own divine expression is a curious exploration of my own potential. What can I experience? What can I perceive? And if I can cultivate spiritual awareness and spiritual tools, spiritual gifts, so that I can then use them to serve humanity 
isn't that like in line with the altruistic intent? Wouldn't the universe want to help conspire to bring that to pass? And I believe that that's, that that's the case. Um, so in the process of life and the spiritual journey, something that is so common, and, and this will get back to your story, you know, is this crisis moment, right? Where we have, you know, a spiritual journey that's kind of just loosely meandering around and then something happens, a crisis happens, and that catalyzes a deeper spiritual awakening. And it sounds like you've experienced something like that in your, in your own crisis. Is that right? Yeah, true. Do you? Because, yeah, because, you know, I wanted to spend my whole life with that guy that I have been married to. And then things came up and I was like, how is this working? What is this fucking universe bringing to me? <laughs> uh, that can't be true. And I was questioning everything. So, and when I started questioning everything, I also, of course, questioned what is between the, what is in our relationship, what is going wrong. And then we decided to, uh, to work on that. And by working on that, we found out about, or I found out about my old patterns, where they have come from, why my spiritual, uh, my intuition was blocked away and how this has been uh, there anyway in all these years. And that was like, when I first find, found out that I had a gift, even from being a child, from being born, I was like, that's crazy. No, I, I was like, that's totally different from what I'm doing for work because I was working in a bank and as an HR manager and it was so weird not to live with that thing that was there. And it is so easy for me. I don't have to push it anyway. It's just there to feel others, to feel how a place is, to feel the energy of a place or a person it's just there for me. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I was like, why I was why did I struggle all these years during my working life and not listening to my intuition and doing this? That's so easy. That that is beautiful. It is. Uh, it, that's the gift, right? Like I, our heart beats, and we don't have to try or think, you know. Yeah. And all of that, and and the gift comes into bloom. You know, it's there. For a purpose that is your purpose that is your gift right and that's so awesome that you've uh you've come past that point on your journey now where you are able to share that gift it sounds like you do coaching uh you help clients you use this intuition to help other people now is this yeah yeah i um, help others to be to get back on their life path yeah, yeah. and that's it's about being in line with body, mind, and soul. And it's uh, being about being yourself and not doing things that you are not, that not are yours, that not yours. Mm -hmm. Because the most, the most important thing I recognized during my marriage was I were not myself. I lost myself. I kind of, you know, you cannot lose yourself anyway, but uh, I lost the connection to myself. So I was not, I was not even feeling my body. And that also showed it's interesting. And it just comes up like we are talking now. 
It's interesting because I was doing sports all my lifetime since I'm three. And then I lost the connection to sports. And then I lost the connection to my body. And then I lost the connection to myself. And that was a process of, I don't know, four or five years. And that's, yeah, that's interesting. It is. It's very <laughs> That's an interesting insight that just came up. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you're seeing it now for a, like a series of events that kind of bing, bing, bing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The broken connection, like it, it started there and then it led on, on. And when uh, I'm curious, was it like, is it looking at it now? Does it seem like as each of those connections was lost, what was left? Right. Like you lost a physical connection. You lost a connection with yourself. You lost, you know, you lost these connections and what was left standing was that thread of consciousness, that that inner connection that cannot be broken because it's always there, right? Every once it's reduced down to that, then it's like, oh wait, that is that is the source, that little tiny thread of consciousness that connects my consciousness to the cosmic consciousness, you know, that which is alive and animated in me, you know, that's the source of everything, and. I've experienced similar, uh, I was, I've experienced divorce as well myself. Early in life, I got married when I was in the military and was, was madly in love for, you know, uh, we were married about five years, about four years of that was really great. And then, uh, and then things changed. And that was actually a really uh, interesting time in life for me spiritually, because I had been pretty much wild and free I was not raised with religion uh, per se, you know, around it a little bit here and there, but I had had really profound meditative experiences. I got introduced to meditation through martial arts and I was raised without running water and electricity in Alaska. And so I had a lot of time alone in nature and I just liked meditating. So I'd be out, you know, sitting in the sunbeam, looking at the lake and, you know, having time with my breath. And really at that point, um, maybe around by the age of 10, I was realizing, okay, you know, I'm not my body. I'm not my mind. What is this inner awareness of me? And I kept thinking if I could just like turn the mirror of my mind, I could, I could see the inner me or see myself for what it is. And I pursued Mm -hmm. that passionately for years. And that's kind of my personality is, you know, I'm all in all or nothing. So I was all in just obsessing about this, trying to figure out my inner awareness. And it was about that time I realized, you know, we have this tool of intelligence, you know, I can use my mind and with that comes the ability to learn things, right? So I can learn anything at that point. I realized, you know, if anybody's ever written something down in a book, I can learn it. You know, if anybody has thought that I can learn, I can listen, I can learn, I have good comprehension, you know? So I thought, well, what's the most important thing to learn about? And of course, I'm young and immature at that point in life. I'm thinking, you know, everybody's telling me I'm going to be a rocket scientist or something someday. I could build rockets, but someday I'm going to be dead in the dirt and building rockets probably doesn't matter. So what's the most important thing for me to learn? Mm -hmm. And I decided at that point, the most important thing for me to learn was me. (laughs) Because if I couldn't understand myself, then I wasn't surely going to understand anything that mattered in life. And so that sent me on a journey. Uh, kind of a spiritual quest. And long story short, uh, I had 
wandered into the wilderness or the darkness. I had gone through uh, some challenging circumstances in my childhood that were creating patterns of self-destructive behavior in my life. And I you know, basically went into self-destruction mode, went into a very dark place. And in that very dark place was given an ultimatum. I was either gonna go to the brig, uh, military prison, or I was gonna go to a chaplain's retreat to get right with God because I needed some help. <laughs> At this point, I was like, uh, I was like 19. I had been in a really bad car wreck, uh, got flung out, landed face first, you know, shattered my face. I was all mangled. I broke my body in the military. I was angry, but I decided it was better to go listen to this guy talk about God than it was to go to the brig. So uh, that's where I met my first wife, actually. <laughs> and we ended up getting married, falling in love, getting married, and having a very religious uh, period of life. And what it was, was, you know, I was sitting there on the beach looking out at the ocean. And it was so beautiful, palm trees swaying. I was in Hawaii. And I thought, you know what? I can just walk right now, right out into that water, take a big old gulp of water, walk straight to the bottom of the ocean and check, I'm out. You know, like that's the end of it. I felt so heavy and dead inside, not happy. I had so, I was holding on to so much pain. And I was doing everything I could to try to numb it out and it wasn't working. Well, here comes this young lady, sat down beside me, you know, I'm like, get away from me kind of a thing. But ultimately, she invited me into a group of people that was a spiritual fellowship. And they cared about me. And they were kind. And they had lightheartedness and light in their eyes and love. And they helped me grow, uh, get to heal, ultimately, and get past that. Mm -hmm. life. And anyway, it got me very involved in kind of the traditional Western church scene, and I was unfamiliar with it, but being all in, you know, read, 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 you know, I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading all these, you know, commentaries and trying to figure out because I'm articulate. Hey, you know, hey, why don't you come uh, lead this study group? Hey, well, why don't you come stand up here in front of a couple thousand people and teach this lesson? Because I like to do that. And I, I sure I did that. And so I, I began to look at it and understand it from a way that it was creating value in people's life, where it, Earlier in life, I was very um, almost militant atheistic. Like I would just like come crashing in belief systems. I just wanted to blow them up. It's all a bunch of BS. And so, but from the inside, I was able to see it differently. It changed my perspective on that. Uh, but through the crisis that ensued and over the couple of years, I went, you know, back into the wilderness of trying to understand God you know, trying to understand the God concept. I have a college degree in philosophy. It's not, you know, it's a, I've got stacks and stacks of books and, you know, decades of thinking about it. But it was, uh, it wasn't until years later, I was studying the Yoga Sutras. And this is a kind of a, you know, metaphysical moment, if you will. But a random stranger came up to me and said, I don't know uh, what you think about spirit animals or anything like that. But would you just like, be willing to take one of these cards and she fanned out the cards and I was like sure you know I was at a yoga uh, retreat anyway mm -hmm. pulled out a card and it was a raccoon and she read to me the you know the, the spirit of the raccoon <laughs> and I just started weeping I was like oh, oh my gosh you know protector of the innocent and the infirm and all this kind of stuff and I was like that you know that's my heart 
through and through. And that sparked back in me, you know, this is God talking to me, right? Like that you cannot plan for things like that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so while I was trying to shove away religion and shove away spirituality, I had come a long way from my uh, mountaintop meditation early in life. I was lost, but that brought me back. And uh, through crisis, you know, began to cultivate greater spiritual awareness. And that led me down a path. I was on the path of yoga. In the Yoga Sutras, it says uh, self-study, passion, self-study, self-discipline, and surrender to God. These are the heart of a yogi. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, passion, yes, self-study, self-discipline. Man, I got it. You know, I got it. Surrender to God. What does that mean? You know, surrender to God. You know, we're not talking about, you know, Jesus God. And we were talking about the Yoga Sutras, you know, but they're saying God. So what is this God, you know? And anyway, that's uh, that's the short version of what happened. But it's it's been a it's been a process. And I think that everybody has to go through the crisis to come back to their own innate spiritual connection like this is my connection with life with good old divinity and because of honoring that then we grow spiritually and we gain spiritual gifts and we have then greater awareness and light to share with the world (laughs) true Um, yeah so human potential uh the highest peak of human potential and i two things here, right? One is like, I'm going to go the crawl off into a cave and, and seek enlightenment kind of idea. What's the highest human potential. And the other would be like uh, mother Teresa. I'm going to dedicate my whole life to service kind of highest potential. Pardon me. And I'm curious where you see human potential. You know, how do you see the spiritual journey playing into human potential? How would you describe that? For me, it's serving other people. <clears throat> because from, but I think this can differ depending which gift you have been brought with. I also think that the gifts that we have and that we should bring to life and that we should share with the world uh, is in our DNA. I believe in that. Mm-hmm. I have been, I have been into human design very, <clears throat> very deeply. And I found clarity about my life purpose and about my gift that needs to come up. And I think that um, our human potential is to serve other people in general, definitely. It's not like giving away everything and not receiving anything. It must be a balance. For me, everything must be, in, in my world, everything must be balanced in any way. It must not be at the same time, but generally it should get balanced in any way whether this is masculinity and femininity whether this is good and bad whether this is uh, light and shadow um, for me everything needs to be in balance to yeah because I think if something is not in balance um, your system gets stressed and that's not the that's not why we are here and it can be stressed by several things most of the people stress themselves by searching something, by searching the spiritual journey, by searching the awakening. Until they until they recognize that it's 
that the easiest way to find this is to just let go. But I think also it is with the spiritual experiences, if you have not experienced that letting go brings you something, you cannot, you don't understand that concept, you know? Yeah. So when you say let go, uh, how do you describe the letting go? What's the process of letting go look like to you or have you seen it? Uh, I have different uh, experiences with that. Um, what I re what really brings creativity and new insights and clarity to myself is that I really don't do nothing. Just sit there, lie there, whatever. Not meditating, not listening to music, just sitting. And whether this is for five minutes or one hour, that's fine with me too. Um, but this brings absolutely clarity. And this was also something that helped me finding my life path. And also, yeah, also letting go is letting go of emotions and people that have been in your life. You know, I think it's important that you let go of these things because otherwise you have a backpack where everything is on your back and you're walking on this and you think, why can't I walk even faster? Yeah, because all the things are in your backpack anyway. And you carry all that stuff from the other people in your backpack. And you're not meant to be. No one is meant to be, I think. So for me, no one is meant to carry the, the things from other people. It's okay to help other people and to serve other people. That's absolutely fine with me. And that's, my, that's what I do. But I'm not there to carry their things. Everyone has to carry his own things and gets rid of the own things. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's really important. Yeah. Letting go of other people's stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is so huge. I mean, how much energy do we use up trying to, we think that we're caring. We think that we're being kind and compassionate, but really we're enabling a lot of times, right? You know, we're, we're carrying the burden so that somebody else doesn't have to feel the burden of their own life journey, you know, or decisions mm -hmm. that have led them to where they're at. Yeah. So letting go, interesting, uh, back to the physical aspect for a second. I like that you said, uh, just stopping, sitting down, laying down. And I do the same thing. It's, it's, <laughs> I had a sign for a long time. I said, if I don't know what to do, I'm off course, just stop. And that was it. And so for, uh, a while that would to develop that habit. I would look at that sign. And if I felt any amount of um, hesitation, uncertainty, unclarity, I would just stop and I would lay down on the floor <laughs> and just lay down. I put my hand on my heart and I just feel and just breathe. You know, I'm not doing any formal meditation. I'm just being there for a second because I don't have to do all the things that my mind whips up. All I really have to do is learn how to listen to my heart to trust my heart, to follow my heart, to live from the heart, to speak from the heart. And when I do that, I find the most divine alignment. I find the cosmos just comes flooding in with abundance, with all of the good things, peace, love, joy, happiness, relationships. Yes, spontaneously helping people. Uh, my own, you know, insights just for me, little things that are just for me, sometimes it feels like. And uh, it all comes from stillness it all comes from settling into the now 
right? Yeah. When you're relaxing, do you do you do any kind of uh, intentional release, like going through the body and scanning the body and letting go of physical tension? Generally not. I'm doing like, <laughs> I'm expanding myself. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing it because I really feel, you know, I'm always asking my body. I'm always in correspondence with my body and asking what my body wants. It started like this, like, do you want to go, you want to move today? Okay, I understand. Do you want to go for a walk or for a jog? Mm -hmm. And now I feel what my body wants to. Uh, for example, yesterday, my buddy told me that he wanted, wanted to go out for a walk. Okay, I went out for a walk. And in my mind, I had a different route. And my buddy was like, no, go this route away. I have never been there. And I had some signs because I was, uh, I'm always looking for signs for different stuff when I have something for the universe. And I'm not really sure whether this is my mind speaking or they gave me an intention i asked for a sign and i was walking there and i asked for a sign for a special car to see and i asked i walked around there and i saw especially this car and i said okay you're crazy guys <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yes. that is so and awesome. so i'm not i'm not doing the thing through my body but i'm expanding myself because by expanding myself, I'm expanding my aura, and then I'm connecting with the beings that are up there. That's how I go into my meditation state or trance state. It's mostly a trance state than a meditation state. Okay, that's fascinating to me. Uh, my my experience, I do I go inward, and the uh, to hear you say the word expand, I do meditations that expand. Um, but my go-to meditation is to go through releasing. So I go, you know, going into the physical body at increasingly di uh, deeper levels so that I can, and it requires me to relax. So as I relax and let go, I find there are all these really subtle tensions. And sometimes it's, you know, it's emotional tension or it's tension tied to a thought, uh, tension tied to an expectation, but it's actually in my physical body somewhere. And... <clears throat> By bringing it into awareness and then releasing that, I find I, th this is what I feel like tunes me up. So uh, it's almost like like a tuning fork, you know, it has a nice hum ding. Well, if you took mm -hmm. a tuning fork and you just like swiped it through some mud and then tried to go ding, you know, it would do a little bit of a ding, but it would, you know, mud would go flying all over and it wouldn't sound right. And, uh, and so I think about the, the tensions in my body and in the subtle body in particular are like little clumps of mud. There's energetic density at that level. And until I really, and that might be blockages uh, in the meridians or in the nadis, depending on, mm -hmm. on what framework you're working on. But when I can release that and allow the full circulation of energy to me and through me to flow, that's when I find the greatest insight and the greatest attunement, right? That's when I find myself most aligned internally and then externally. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting. I was, that's why I was wondering about the relaxation. For me, it's a big part of my tuning up. 
But now that I hear you're talking about expansion, it makes me think maybe by expanding your awareness out, you might just be straight up blasting it out. Like, you know, like that could be happening. Uh, anyway, just, it's fascinating. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you have, uh, do you have a practice that you use when you encounter, uh, he, you know, kind of heavy negative energy or when you know you're going into a situation that you need to be uh, super present and on point for? Is there, do you have a kind of a routine for getting yourself prepared for that? Yes, definitely. I get connected every morning. So for the general part, like, uh, only meeting nice people, only having nice conversations and stuff like that, not being into conflicts. Uh, I'm also expanding my day if I have a very, very busy day before me. Um, I give the intention that I want to expand the day so that I, so that I can uh, reach everything that I want to. And um, yes, of course, if I have a meeting that is very... Um, for example, when I have been working as an HR manager, you sometimes have not really nice um, meetings with uh, heaps of conflicts. Mm. And um, before going in such a meeting, uh, I put up a shield of me. Like it looks like a golf ball with reflectors outside. So it's everything that wants to come in is getting away. It's not touching me. So I keep all the negative energy outside. And I also give the intention that I want the best for the meeting for the highest good of everyone. And I also visualize, this is something that I learned in sports. I visualize how the meeting could be. So I visualize how the other person could be. And if I visualize that the other person is attacking me, this person will attack me because I'm sending out these thoughts. Mm -hmm. If I visualize that the other person who normally is aggressive uh, is talking to me in a respectful way, the person is talking to me in a respectful way. So that's how I work with meetings. And of course, if I work with customers or something like that, I also put up a shield for me and for the for my customers too. Because I don't want other energies to interfere with what we are working on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you have a kind of a formal routine or ritual to create that shield for yourself and yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's like the golf ball, the same one, and it's also with the reflectors. I uh, put the golf ball around my client with all the reflectors, and one around me, and then I make a connection that is also a build up with reflectors, so nothing from the outside can go uh, into our session, which I think is important because uh, my experience is that a lot of people have energies at, uh, attached to them. And what I first make is to clear them off. And of course, if someone is not really, uh, is on a lower frequency still, um, they are open for other energies. It's like flies that are flying to the light, you know? So they get attracted by these people. And then I clear them. And before I work with someone, I clear them. Then I put up the reflector and then I'm working with the people. Is any of this related to Reiki? Or have you studied Reiki or do you subscribe to that methodology? Okay. So this is of your own personal experience. This is what works for you then. Yeah. 
more so than I that. almost have my <laughs> most of my things are from my own experience or I or what I get downloaded. Yeah. You know, if I'm working with someone and I feel uh, that I feel stuck with this person, I'm I'm setting the intention to get that tool that is bringing the person to the next step. And as you mentioned, I also, as you mentioned before, like with the reading stuff, I'm also someone who really loves to read. But knowing that I can download almost everything from the universe when I'm connected to it, I don't have to read so much books anymore. I do, of course, because I love reading. <laughs> um, yeah, but my intention is always to ask the universe for a tool for just this person. And sometimes it's just coming up, you know, when I'm doing a session, I'm connected. And then some. that's the reason why I record my sessions and give that to my customers, because I'm speaking through that connection. Sometimes I can't remember it. Sometimes I can't even remember the tool that I have been working with. And then it's okay. Then it's fine with me. I don't question that anymore. So then the tool just came for this person only. Mm -hmm. And that's the release. That's the let go, right? Yeah. 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 Not having the expectation. I'm going to use this tool and do this. You know, it's the, the openness to ask, you know, what, you know, what do I need or how can I serve? Yeah. What's the right tool? That's, uh, that is a high level of awareness. And I just want to express gratitude and appreciation for your presence and sharing. Uh, I know we're, I think we're up on time. I have time. I'm not in a time crunch right now. So if you have just a few more minutes, we can kind of wrap it up. But if you do, if you're in a tight schedule, that is the hour slot. So I'm on my weekend. We have, uh, <laughs> 30 past nine in the evening. So that's fine with me. <laughs> okay, great, great. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, uh, the word ask keeps coming up for me. Mm -hmm. so I believe the, you know, the synchronicity of the universe has brought us into this conversation and, you know, asking the right questions is the first you know, I teach my clients what I call the aiming process, how to ask the right questions, involve the right people and make the right decisions. The tool of intelligent inquiry. When we ask a question, it focuses our mind. And then when we ask a question to the universe, right, we're, we're asking for wisdom or for insight or for download or for tools or for what? For abundance. There is something, um, it, it's just it's a purity to me, you know, in, in the simplicity of asking. And yet, as simple as it is to ask, uh, there's a passage in the, in, the, in the Bible that says, uh, if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask God. So if I'm having a conversation about spirituality with somebody that comes from a, a traditional Western uh, background, I, I bring that up and I say, if you lack, you don't have to be scared about understanding or learning new things. You know, you just have to ask God, right? You can ask the universe for wisdom. When you're asking, this is a, you know, I'm trying to formulate this question best I can, uh, but in the, in the process of asking, you know, I've asked a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> External like questions. many others. Yeah. <laughs> Internal <laughs> questions. And, and sometimes, 
I'll tell you this, only one time, one time, one time for certain, twice, maybe if I stretched it a little bit, one time for sure, I heard, I kid you not, the booming voice of God that said, I asked, and the word came back to me, ask. And I was intended to, in that moment, ask a very specific question to the person that I was with. And I did. Consequences of that decision were big. But most of the time when I ask, I do not hear the booming voice of God. Most of the time when I ask, I don't get a solid download. Like in my mental screen, I don't see the little file going ding, 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 download, you know, like I got it. Most of the time when I ask, the answer comes in a more subtle way. And so my question to you is, when you ask, how, how does that experience play out for you personally? That's very, very differently. And my biggest learning was, no, I started the other way around. When I started asking questions, I got information. I got them by words. I was speaking them. That's the reason why when I get in trance and do my relaxing part, uh, I put on my recorder and if something comes out of my mouth, I can record it or I write it down, which is not my hand lettering, my normal hand lettering, it's differently. Mm -hmm. So if I ask, sometimes I really get nice answers written. <laughs> As I mentioned before, sometimes I'm not really trusting. <laughs> and then I, then I ask for a sign whether this is relevant or not, or whether this is true or not, or whether this was my mind or really from the universe and then I get signs like yesterday on the walk mm -hmm. um, but my and as I start as my asking and the and the answers started like this I was not used to like getting answers in a subtle way and when things didn't came up in this way I always questioned them always mm -hmm. or I said I'm asking why don't you tell me And they said, we told you. And I said, no, you didn't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And then my biggest learning really was like, this is coming in subtle ways. Sometimes it's I'm asking a question or I'm setting an intention and it comes up like I'm talking to a person. I'm seeing a book outside there. I'm listening to a podcast. I see a sign anywhere. So it has to do... You have to be mindful to recognize these signs. Mm -hmm. So if someone's telling me that the universe is not speaking with him or answering the questions, I tell the people that they should practice mindfulness to be aware of the things because they tell you. It's like with the intuition with my marriage. When my intuition said, ah, that's a strange feeling. Is that really that person? And I said, no. That can't be true. You know, I didn't want to listen. Sometimes we don't want to listen too. You know, sometimes we get an answer and that's the, not the answer that we were looking for. And we said, no, this cannot be the answer. And we put it away. So it has to be, it's experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said before. You said something like playfulness must is important. And I think also with uh, spirituality, And also with working with the universe or God or however you call it, they like to be playful. That's my experience. Mm -hmm. And 
they like to make fun of us sometimes. <laughs> and <laughs> when, you, when you understand that and when you recognize that, it's nice because you can make fun with them too. Yeah. So I think we have to be more playful with spirituality and not so much stuck into several things because if something works fine with me, it must not work fine with you. You know, everyone is different and everyone has to find his own way. So yeah. beautiful. That's so true. I, I just, it makes me well up inside thinking about, uh, thinking about the universe laughing, right? <laughs> you know, that is, uh, have you read the book Siddhartha? It's, uh, no, not yet. It's a, it's a thin book. It's a, it's a short read and it's kind of telling the tale of, uh, you know, of the Buddha essentially. But in the, in the story, he says, there's a point and he's having a really bad day and he's telling this guy all of his troubles and, And the guy just looks at him, the old wise guy, you know, he looks at him, he says, can you hear the river laughing at you? And, you know, like the universe doesn't care, like all this suffering and all this agony, oh, 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 you know, we're missing the point, you know, time out. And I love, you know, it's, it's humility, right? Having the humility mm -hmm. to laugh at ourselves and, and our own humanity. You know, we're so fickle. We're so funny. We're just funny creatures, you know, but can we have that childlike playfulness? Whoops. You know, I'm curious. I'm going to try this and I made a mistake. Okay. That's okay. You know what I mean? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to act on this, what I believe is intuition. And maybe it leads me into a dead end. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was acting on intuition. I'm sure that this is what the universe told me to do. You know, why am I staring at the dead end? Uh, maybe it was just so you can learn, you know, that sometimes there's a dead end, you know, there's, yeah. <laughs> we can't always know everything and make sense of it all uh the process trusting in the process surrendering yeah, i like yeah. to use acronyms a lot uh faith i like to say is following an intuitive trusting heart you know nice i'm wrestling with my mind like oh i asked the question and this is what i think the answer was but was that really what the answer was or was that what the answer was and was that a sign or was that a sign because those signs don't say the same thing and you know like I think a lot of people, when they're on the spiritual journey, especially at the beginning stages, uh, they are curious and they are playful and they do ask questions. They do want to trust intuition. They do want to you know, be able to perceive the signs, uh, the signals that the universe is saying, like, eh, eh, go that way. And what I think is often un, uncommented, you know, people don't comment on the fact or don't talk about the fact that trusting intuition is great, but but it doesn't, it's not an infallible process, you know, and you have to refine for yourself how you are going to tune in to that. You know, how, how do you discern the difference between talking to yourself and divine communication? You know, that's something that's very specific and very unique to each individual. It all comes, you know, it can be developed like lifting, you know, going to the gym, lifting weights to build physical muscle. We can build our spiritual prowess, our spiritual present, our spiritual energy through dis discipline, you know, uh, through practice, through repetition and through growing, through the journey, you know, through trying it, through trying and failing. Uh, anyway, but that's, I, I just love that you share that. That's uh, asking and, and seeing is, I don't know, it's kind of what it's all about. Every moment, yeah. you know, I don't, it's coming back to that and surrendering. For me, surrender is such a big word. When I finally got my head wrapped around what surrender meant, 
you know, in the Yoga Sutras, surrender to God. What did that mean to me? It means acceptance. Can I accept mm -hmm. the gift of life as is right now? Can I accept my own fallibility, my own silliness? Can I accept my own gifts and my own presence? Can I accept, you know, life as it is right now? It's a gift, you know. And then from that place of accepting and surrendering, letting go of expectations, releasing the tension. When it gets so frustrated, I'm going to do this and I'm going to fight to make it happen. Let go. Huh. Obviously, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, there is this flow of energy coming to me and through me infinitely every second. You know, it's the perpetual unfolding magic yeah. of the moment. And in order to really enjoy life, to uh, shine the most light, to do the most good, to, to achieve, for me, what I believe is peak personal experience, you know, I have to be in that flow. I have to be in that spiritual state because that's what it's all about. That's how I orient myself, make sense of the world, and also how I can be of most service. So that's, uh, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, Veronica, it's been... Uh, super awesome visiting. Do you have uh, final words of wisdom? Anything that, that you'd like to share? Uh, last thoughts? Closing comments? <laughs> it was amazing. And I really, it was really nice talking with you. And um, yeah, what I would say is you have to be connected with yourself. Then everything else falls into pieces. Yeah. So just like that. It sounds so easy, but it is as easy. And as I, I learned that as easier as it is, as more it is the way of my soul. Mm. And that's the reason why it's easy. So trust and surrender, that's everything I have to say. That's it. Yeah, that's how it blooms, right? The Every seed that blooms in the springtime into a flower or a tree, it's, it's effortless expression of just being who we're born to be, each creature, big and small, and beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing your light. Uh, I look forward to future conversations with you. Uh, to hear yeah. a little bit more, I think, in, a, in another conversation about uh, the value of coaching and helping coaching people through the process of personal growth, of spiritual growth. So that's a whole, uh, another great conversation I look forward to having with you. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend, your time off, enjoy your evening. Thank you so much for your time to be here uh, with me for this conversation for the Soul Path, Soul Path podcast. I'll, uh, I'll share a link when it's all uploaded and taken care of. And with that, just again, thank you. It's been an honor. So. Thank you very much for having me. It has been an honor for me too. Have a nice weekend. Enjoy your time. Have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye.